0: Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, First things first, let's go ahead and announce this. We have changed our name from Birdie and the Cowboy Sports Talk to now it's just going to be Birdie and the Duke. This was a business decision, hopefully one of many business decisions we make in the future. Just wanted to let all the fans know that we have changed to Birdie and the Duke. Uh, Let's just get things rolling. What do you want to start off with today, Jalen? Let's start out with Josh Hupel at Tennessee. What's your thoughts on this, Birdie? Questionable hire. I've heard from Tennessee fans themselves. They don't like this hire at all. Josh Uple has not done anything at UCF like Scott Frost did. He's, I don't know, he's not really a proven head coach. I think Tennessee stepped on a limb with hiring Josh Upel. I don't think he's going to fit this Tennessee team good.
1: I agree with you uh, in my opinion on the whole hire, and I've heard this likewise from Tennessee fans. uh, It's just when he took over UCF, he had a great program, and – I hate he to honestly say this, he ran them into
0: the ground. Really. I, I wouldn't
1: say ran them into the ground, but he really took a dip. I, I
0: don't,
1: ones. I don't think he's as good as Scott Frost, and Scott Frost is showing he's not really been able to do it up in Nebraska. So what makes you think Josh Heupel can do it in the SEC? But uh, once again, Tennessee just—they just needed a coach to come in and get them through these rough few years. So uh, besides that, I like the—I like the hire from a recruiting standpoint and an offensive standpoint, but just not the whole team overall. But next up, let's go. I'm gonna grade
0: that one a B minus. I'll say a C plus. All right, B next minus up, a C plus. Let's knock out your Georgia Bulldogs. All righty, some some, e- some exciting news from the Georgia Bulldogs. They hire former former Carolina head coach Will Muschamp as their as a defensive analyst. I think this is gonna be a great hire for Georgia. Gonna continue that great traditional great Georgia defense. Hopefully help him win some ball games next year. How do you feel about this Muschamp hire? Oh, I love the Muschamp hire. He's a great defensive analysis. Uh, he's going to be
1: able to get into some recruits' ears and really lay that out. But uh, he's a great recruiter and a great defensive coach. We've always knew that about Will Muschamp. He just wasn't head coach material. So Georgia bringing him on is honestly an Alabama-esque move, if we're going to be honest here. And I love that hire. I'm going to grade it an A minus, and uh. What's your grade going to be on that hire?
0: I'm going to grade that one an A+. Not just because I'm a Georgia fan, but I really do think Georgia's going to have a young defense next year. But with Muschamp on as an analyst, I think it's going to be great. So, uh, A-plus by Kirby Smart bringing on Will Muschamp. Maybe the
1: only coach and hires better as we travel uh, down the road to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, where they bring in two former NFL head coaches as O.C. And uh, offensive line coach, Doug Morone, Bill O'Brien. And then they bring in Jay Graham, running backs coach. What what great hires they had. A-plus for Bama. A-plus for Bama. I mean, you just talk about uh, recruiting and as far as a coaching standpoint. Who doesn't want to play for NFL coach? Great hires. Exactly. They know how to get you where you want to go. But uh, next up, Bertie, I'll let you start off with the National Signing Day recap. And well, I knew
0: you was going to do it to me, but. Starting off with the National Signing Day, of course, Bama had the greatest class of all time. What more do you expect from the greatest team of all time, the greatest coach of all time? Congratulations to Bama. Number two, maybe a surprise Ohio State at number two. Many had them finishing third behind Georgia, but uh, Ryan Day had a great class. He's going to come in at number two, brings in a lot of good quarterbacks. And then at number three, we have the Georgia Bulldogs. They bring in Brock Vandegrift this year. Next year, they'll bring in five-star quarterback Gunnar Stockton. Wasn't originally committed to uh, Carolina, but decommitted when they fired Muschamp. Maybe Muschamp being at Georgia might have had a little something to do with that as well. So, uh, congratulations to the top three schools. Clemson was sitting at about four, I believe. So, uh, the usual top dog's up top. Maybe not in the order as usual, but so far, I mean, a very competitive recruiting class.
1: Well, I'll go ahead and knock out what you won't say. Alabama hits a home run. The greatest Alabama, the greatest team in NCAA history they put on the field last year. Then the greatest recruiting class in college football history is what they just signed. An absolute home run class. The class average was a 95. Let that sink in. A 95 class average. Seven five stars. What a class. And then you go down at number two, you got Ohio State. Many thought they were going to break Florida's record for the greatest recruiting class at the beginning of the cycle. But they kind of fizzled out and had some crucial decommitments. Losing the guy, to me, say Adelier. Uh, borderline five-star to A&M, losing a cornerback, Devontae Smith. Not the one who just won the Heisman, but a different prospect. Losing him to Alabama. And then they just haven't closed out on some, but we still will see Alabama and uh, Ohio State duke it out for the number one player in the land, JT Tumalea. Uh he, He's taking his into April. He wants to take some visits. But at number three, you have another stellar class from Georgia. I mean, honestly, if they had, uh, if they had a normal Georgia class and signed some more commitments – they might would be up there right around that Ohio State number, but Ohio State its only signed 21 compared to Georgia's 20, so Ohio State still had the better class. But at four, we had LSU. Can we talk about what a home run class they had? After announcing sanctions, a terrible season, the LSU, the bottom fell out, and they still signed a great class. Headlined by the in-state guys, Mason Smith, the five-star defensive tackle, and Sage Ryan, the five-star corner safety. What a class. And then at number five, we got our home state team, the Clemson Tigers. They signed three five-stars and uh, 14 four-stars. But the story of on them was usual Clemson. They couldn't sign the amount of guys they needed to to run up the class with the SEC guys and the Ohio State's the world. But still a phenomenal class, headlined by Tristan Lay, Will Shipley, and Barrett Carter. Uh, crazy thing about this is their only in-state commitment was uh, a guy we're real high on, Will Taylor from Dutch Fork. Their number one player was Tristan Lee. Uh, He's from up in the northern area. number two player is Will Shipley, a North Carolina native, which I guess you could say a backyard pickup from being from North Carolina. And their third best player was from North Gwinnett in Georgia, Barrett Carter, which is also right down the road. So I guess they did have some in-state guys if you really think about it as far as proximity to Clemson. But uh, another great class. And then uh, I want to shout out a class that surprised me this year, and that was at number seven, Texas A&M. They signed a defensive a monster class defensively. But uh, next up, let's talk about what's your thoughts on Arik Gilbert, Bernie? Did he make the right
0: choice? I think he made the right choice with going to Florida. Florida's a great football program. His only problem is he don't even know who his quarterback is going to be.
1: And I hate to say this. He don't know this, who's going to be
0: throwing his, throwing
1: him the ball. I hate to say this, but Eric Gilbert, he really takes me as the kind of guy who lives in the moment. He went to LSU And he had to realize they were going to fizzle out offensively. Then he commits to Florida.
0: Florida's going to
1: fizzle out. I think he's in the same boat as he was when he committed to LSU. He didn't look down the road. He should have went to Alabama, Georgia, or Clemson. But he went to Florida, and I think Florida has a down season next year. And we might see him in the portal 12 months from now. I might be talking about him having a new commitment. Who knows in the
0: portal age. That is very true. Now we're going to shift gears. Everybody knows high school football season's over, so you know what that time you know what that means. It's time for high school basketball, South Carolina high school basketball. Let's just give you a refresh on some of the top teams in the state. At number one, we're gonna have Dorman out of Roebuck, South Carolina. They're 14-4 with a strength of schedule of 13.8. If you don't know on max preps, that's pretty high. They're also a 23.0 rated team. Number two, you're gonna have Legacy Early College out of Greenville, home to the Nebraska Signee, Bryce McGallins. His brother plays uh, Nebraska as well. They are 9-7, and not having a not a great record, but their strength of schedule is a 21.4. Then we're going to have the Columbia team. They're always in the top five. Ridgeview, they're 12-2. They went up one in the past week. And then at number four, you're going to have AC Flora. Yes, the school that just won state for football. Looking they're always, sports. always a great basketball school. They're 9-0 on the season, but their strength of schedule is not that great at 5.4. And at number five, we're going to have Port Lagal out of Charleston, a low country team in the basketball top five. Very interesting as they are 8-0. Yeah, I
1: mean, uh, what else can you say? A lot of solid teams in state. I really want to shout out a team that I think could really turn things around and end up going doing a little bit better than what they're doing right now is Wilson out of Florence. They're a 3-0 school. Look for them to just absolutely shoot out the gate here soon.
0: Also, shout out to Riverside out of three or 15-4. With a 9.0 rated schedule, they are in a very tough region in that 5A region with Burns. And guess what? The, the team right across uh, town lines, the Burns Rebels, are ranked right above them at number 7 and in the state. And you got Dorman ranked. Also at, got Dorman. At number 1 in the state. I mean. So, a shout out to uh, Riverside, as they are in a very tough region. Travelers Rest, the usual 4A contenders, ranked in the top 20 at 17. Christchurch, Church, the 1A schools, ranked number 20. They're 15 and 2. Have Florida State signee, John Butler, 7-3. And then Greenville at 22. Lancaster 23 easily, And Mullins rounds out the top 25. So that is your South Carolina High School basketball rankings. Now you want to let's talk about some uh, top players in state. Particularly in this area, one of the best players in this area has got to be Blue Ridge point guard. Number two, junior, Justin Bailey. The man's a BC average is 24 a game. Playing in not the best region, but he's got to play the Powdersvilles, the Palmetto's of the world. So they're having a good season of their region. They're 5-1 and one in region. Coming off of a 40-point win versus the Powdersville Patriots. So congratulations to Justin Bailey on his great game and a 40-point win against Powdersville.
1: I mean, when I think about it, you got to throw out uh, John Butler. He's just the guy for me.
0: Florida State signee.
1: Not many dudes his size that can do what he does in our area. And uh, another guy I'd like to throw out is, uh, we can't just highlight the upstate. We'll have to
0: throw down a little Bryce McGowns. A stud, indeed. Isn't he a Nebraska signee? Nebraska signy. He, he is in the upstate area, though. He's at Legacy Early, which yeah. is in Greenville. Oh,
1: yeah. I forgot about that. Metro area player. Metro there. player.
0: Uh, then let's talk about uh, a
1: dude from the low country who's an absolute uh, baller down at. Pretty sure he plays at Port Lagarde. I can't really pronounce his name, birdie. Uh, Let me see. I might can try. Uh, hold on one second. He, But he's an absolute stud. Position? He's a guard. He's a guard. Guard. He's an absolute stud. Let's see if you can pronounce this, Birdie.
0: A Harvard commit? Yeah, Harvard commit. Denim Wojcik or Wajik. Out of Port Lagal High School. He's a three-star, 6'1", 165-point guard, committed to Howard. Harvard. Harvard. Harvard, that is a smart great, guy too. smart guy. So look for him to do big things. Caesar Edwards out of uh, Hartsville. He's committed to Xavier. Xavier is a great basketball school. John Butler, a four-star, and Bryce McGowans is the only five-star in state, committed to Nebraska.
1: Then also we got to throw out Ike Cornish over at Legacy Charter in Baltimore, but he's from the Greenville area, Maryland signing. What a stud!
0: There's your basketball rankings. Uh, anything else you want to talk about this episode? Uh, let's
1: go ahead and knock out some uh, NCAA basketball, man. What you thinking? Uh, right now we look at the landscape: the Dukes, the Kentuckys of the world, ain't really having a tough year. Yeah, uh, and North Carolina being as well. one and done. I mean, you kind of expected that. But let's talk about Gonzaga, eighteen and zero. And Baylor, 17-0. Are they on a collision
0: course to meet? I think Baylor's the the best basketball team in the country. They play in a way harder uh, conference than Gonzaga. Uh, Gonzaga's toughest competition is usually Pepperdine University. Yeah. That's not – they play in a very weak conference. You got Baylor playing Oklahoma, Kansas State, Oklahoma State. Playing those great Mm -hmm. schools. Uh, also, a team in the SEC I'd like to shout out—they're not ranked or anything. The Georgia Bulldogs are winning oh, ball on, games Bertie. in the SEC for the first on, time Bertie. in years. They also have a winning record; at, they're like eleven and six. Yeah, great season by Georgia after losing the number one player in the country last year, Anthony Edwards.
1: If you are going to talk about SEC, let's talk about the real big dogs in the SEC: the Alabama. Crimson Tide. Shout out to Alabama, 15 and four, undefeated in conference play up to this point. Uh, tough loss the other night to Oklahoma. Miss layups really cost them that game. That's we don't really say that much in college basketball because it's more fundamentally sound than the NBA. But miss layups cost them that game. But Alabama, they match up well for a deep run in the in March Madness. Well, they have enough to pull it out. As here's what I'm thinking. So they're defensive and they're going to get their shots up. They match perfect to me with a Gonzaga, with a Michigan. But the only chance they have is to meet Gonzaga or Michigan in the big dance. Because if not, Baylor has too much size for them. So, uh, Baylor's
0: also very,
1: very well coached. Both teams are, and I, honestly, I think we're going we're gonna to see a Gonzaga-Baylor
0: final. Depending on what side of the bracket they are, but we're assuming they're going to be one, Unless they play both one-seeds.
1: Unless they play uh, each other, but if they play each other, watch out for Villanova. Villanova, they always sneak around and end up pulling it out.
0: Some South Carolina teams we got to highlight is the Furman Paladins and Wofford Terriers. They are—they're one of them is going to make March Madness because one of them is going to win the SoCon. Uh, Furman's dang good basketball team. Wofford's always good. Wofford's also also a great three point shooting team. Furman's more built for March Madness because they can score other than just three. But watch for Furman or Wofford, whichever one wins the SoCon, to make some noise in March Madness. Just like two years ago when Wofford uh, barely lost to Kentucky.
1: Yeah. And to end the show tonight, Birdie, let me ask you a question. Who's the best team in the state of South Carolina? High school basketball. High
0: school basketball. We're going to have four teams. Give me your top four. In order. In order. Obviously, you got to go with Dorman. They're 14-4. A 23.0 rating. Number two, going Ridgeview. I'm putting them over Legacy. I know Legacy has the five star, but Ridgeview is 12 and two. Legacy's nine and seven. At three, I'm gonna put Legacy because they do have a very hard schedule. So I'm gonna put Legacy at three. And at number four, I'm putting AC Floor nine and zero with a with almost. I mean, they have a 9.0 rated schedule, or actually, though, no, they only have a 5.5. Ridgeview has a 9.3, but AC Florida, they're going to win the. They're going to win four A this year. Over Ridgeview.
1: And my top four's got to be number one. You got to put Norman. Uh, what a school! What they have good history for basketball and football and baseball. Every other sport. <laughs> every sport, Dorman's good at. So you got to put them at one. Dorman University. Number two, I'm putting Legacy. Their strength of schedule is a 21-4. They're playing teams that would run every other team on the. But they also do the have the a
0: five star on their team, so. They yeah. probably shouldn't be nine and seven. Well, I, I would agree with that, but if we're talking about talent alone, they got to
1: be two. Number three, Port Liguard, Charleston, South team. Carolina. Give me them boys at three, and at number four, AC Flora. And I, I don't mean to uh, dump on Ridgeview because Ridgeview is a quality team. They're right there with Flora, but I was only going to pick one of the two, and I went one for of Flora. the Columbia schools.
0: All right, so we just announced our top four, and that's where we're going to wrap up today's episode of Birdie and the Duke. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode, some more exciting news and more exciting podcasts coming up soon. Again, thank you for listening to Birdie and the Duke.